The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. From the banks of the Charles River, the Marsh Chapel Congregation and Dean Robert Allen Hill greet you this morning. From the streets of Boston, the Cradle of Liberty, we greet you this morning. Streets adorned by preaching statues, Phillips Brooks, William Ellery Channing, Abigail Adams, William Lloyd Garrison, Harriet Tubman, and from above the front door of Marsh Chapel, John Wesley. Our summer Marsh Chapel National Preacher Series beginning July 10th addresses the theme, Evangelism in the Liberal Tradition, South-North Youth, with the guests, the Reverends D. Wade, C. Garner, G. Thomas, and R. Olson. The liturgy, music, and homily of this hour, meant to begin in delight and end in wisdom, is offered for our summer congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our regular radio community across New England on WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe. We invite your responses, gifts, and participation, and especially we invite you to come and worship here with us. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Glory to 
pray. Almighty God, you have built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Grant us so to be joined together in unity of spirit by their teaching, that we may be made a holy temple acceptable to you through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We have most recently enjoyed the poetry of St. Francis of Assisi, who greets us here in the nave enshrined in this beautiful conic stained glass window to my right. You notice him with the birds aflutter about him. As we gather for worship, we are moved readily to confession. Sometimes we are tempted to pull up the carrots to see whether or not they are growing. We lack patience. Sometimes we are tempted to try to think 24 thoughts at once. We become befuddled. We lack presence. Sometimes we are tempted to give up too early, to throw in the towel when we are almost home. We lack persistence. How good to come to church where we may confess and so leave bundled behind our lack of patience and presence and persistence. Let us together confess our condition as the choir sings for us a traditional Kyrie eleison.
Grant us thy peace, grant us thy peace, grant us thy peace. Beloved, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verses 12 to 23. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we're not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you are entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you've been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The, the end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray together verses from Psalm 89 with the Antiphon. of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Happy are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They exult in your name all day long and extol your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord our King, to the Holy One of Israel. And now, beloved, rise up, in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo, the reading of the Gospel, and the singing of our hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke chapter 18 verses 1 through 8. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and to not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? 
I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. begin today in the town court of Nazareth, the Honorable Unjay Judge presiding. We are courtroom focused in Boston this week, so we can imagine the scene. Hear ye, hear ye, his honor awaits. And behold, the Lord Jesus Christ, dressed today in the apparel of a poor woman. He told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. It is a story about a persistent woman who had her voice and her persistence to go on and not much else. She prevailed. We may be ready this summer for such an encouraging word. We fear and try to find our security in larger automobiles or more travel experience or greater stock collections or homes or layers of disconnection, gated communities of the mind and heart. But security comes not through possession, 
but through relationship. Do we want to be safe and secure? Invest yourself then in a lifetime of building and keeping healthy relationships. There is your security where neither moth nor rust consumes. Jesus pointed to the town court of Nazareth and therein to the simple figure of a persistent woman. See her at the bench. Watch her in the aisle. Listen to her steady voice. Feel her stolid forbearance as she says, grant me justice. We'll leave her there for a moment. Instead, for another moment, jog for just a bit with me along a familiar village green. For there is a second persistent woman today, not of scripture, but of experience. It is largely in the interplay between these two women, scripture and experience, that we discover truth. You can see this second persistent woman in your own past, your own gallery of saints. Name the most persistent woman you've ever met. Bella Abzug, Betty Bonchis, Florence Nightingale, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Eleanor Roosevelt, Esther, Barbara Streisand, that uppity Syrophoenician woman, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Susanna Wesley, your grandmother, whomever. I was thinking of one such persistent woman on a 90-degree day several summers ago. For that summer day, hot and humid and happy, I took the car from our lake house into the neighboring little village of Hamilton, New York, the home of Colgate University, for repair. And they needed much skill and two hours and some money to do the job. So in the great heat, I was free to run through a familiar village and across a village green where long ago I was raised in a patchwork complex of relationships, durable and healthy. Running along with no deeds to do, no promises to keep, I recalled an earlier age, and there in the mind's eye, a lanky Baptist preacher heralding the promise of truth, and a musician on the bandstand singing for justice, and a postmaster protecting communications, and a library awaiting the emergence of justice, and a church and a store and a graveyard with night falling all in the mind's eye. Through the familiar streets I ran thinking steadily and especially of my teacher, Marjorie Schaefer. In the sixth grade, she opened the world to us by teaching us to read. June 25th is a good Sunday to remember teachers who made us who we are. As a teacher, she used the resources she had available, namely her time and her voice, and she persisted through those years, prayerfully using the common resources of time and voice. You have time and you have voice, too. You have need of persistent prayer, too. You have a desire not to lose heart, too. I was impressed running along with the dogs barking in the summer heat, but more by the persistent memory of her persistence. It was good to remember the time given and the voice lifted in 1966 in the sixth grade. SRA reading, a sock hop, changes in classmates, baseball, Sandy Koufax and Orlando Cepeda, the Beatles, James Bond, 
memorizing the map of Africa, a debate about Vietnam, and the long, great story of Bilbo Baggins. And suddenly, through it all, the awareness of another gender. Three things I do not understand. Four are too wonderful for me. The way of a ship on the high sea, the way of an eagle in the sky, the way of the serpent on the rock, and the way of a man and a woman. That is in the Bible. So continued this reverie in a summer run on a hot day along a village green several years ago. Meanwhile, back in the Bethlehem Nazareth town court, all rise, hear ye, hear ye, the Honorable UJ Judge presiding, another persistent woman employs time and voice. You have time and voice. Like Christ himself, she implores the implacable world to grant justice. Like Christ himself, she comes on a donkey of tongue and patience. Like Christ himself, she continues to plead, to intercede. Like Christ himself, she importunes the enduring injustice of this world. Like Christ himself, she prays without ceasing. Like Christ himself, she persists. She is an example to us of how we should use whatever time we have and whatever breath remains to pray. It is prayer that is the most realistic and wisest repose of the anxious of this season of our several fears, global, political, economic, personal. And by prayer, yes, I mean formal prayer, Sunday and weekday, but by prayer I mean the persistent daily leaning to a daily leaning toward justice, the continuous pressure in history from the voice of the voiceless and the time of the time bound. What drove Luke alone to remember or construct this parable? The lengthening years without ultimate victory since the cross? The long decades of living without Jesus? The uncertainties of institution and culture, citizenship and multiple responsibilities? The daily stresses of managing a budget? It is the primitive church that can give an example today to an America trying to balance liberty and justice, courage and compassion. Things take time. They waited for Jesus to return, and he delayed, and delays he still. It can be enough to make you lose heart. Though with a scornful wonder we see her sorrow pressed, by schism rent asunder, by heresy distressed, yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up, how long? But soon the night of weeping will be the morn of song. That is, it is a long wait, and that is just the point. Like the bridesmaids who waited with lamps trimmed, we feel the length of the wait. Notice waiting with us is a poor widow who lacks power, authority, status, position, and wealth. She has her voice and all the time in the world. Like Jesus Christ, whose faith comes by hearing and hearing by the preaching of the word. We will shut the courtroom door for just a moment because, meanwhile, back along the village green, not of scripture, but of experience, not the town court of scripture, but the experience of daily life, 
The heat hangs heavy on happy Halcyon, Hamilton, New York. I run over to the golf course, up the Willow Walk, past the Artesian Well, around the library, by the road to Chapel House, down Fraternity Row, along the Swan Pond. I am carried by wings of love and faith and memories of Reverend Al Childs, now dead, who runs with me, and Reverend Dale Winter, now dead, who runs with me. Goodness and mercy, they've got my back. This summer, my friend said, in my life I want to focus on relationships and flexibility. And I said, yes, on love and faith, relationships and flexibility. I decided with still more than an hour left of car repairs to run over to the school down Kendrick Avenue. This one persistent woman, Marjorie Schaefer, gave us a love of books. Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, Harriet the Spy, The Hobbit, the biographies of presidents, the Gospel of Luke. I suppose she looked out for the day when every voice would be lifted in praise. I perceive in hindsight that she and your own favorite persistent woman persisted by faith. She was already old when she taught us. She was at least 40, ancient. I suppose she was one of those saints waiting with persistence and I guess maybe she rode down to Washington on a bus a few years earlier and heard a good sermon. One day every valley shall be exalted. With this faith we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith we will be able to work together. This will be the day when all God's children will be able to sing with new meaning. And she taught for several more years, persistent, tough, helpful, kind. She found a corner of the world in which she could have some influence for good and invested her time and her voice in another generation. She persisted. We enter again the Nazareth Town Court, the Honorable U.J. Judge presiding and falling asleep. Our bishop fell asleep at conference a few years ago in the chair. It was a memorable moment. There was more awareness in that somnolence than in many other moments of reflection. Friends, if we are not to lose heart in the seemingly unending search for justice, we shall need to pray always to relax into the truth and to give ourselves over to the divine presence in our midst, maybe this summer, starting today, will be a summer of prayer for you and me. Ernest Fremont Tittle was the greatest Methodist preacher of his mid-20th century generation. Tougher than Sockman, truer than Peel, Tittle preached in Chicago until he died at his desk at age 60, writing about Luke. And his book, only at half best half written, was published after his death. It reads like someone cleaned off his desk into a printer, yet I prize this volume. Here is what Tittle thought about persistence and prayer. There is a special need for persistence in prayer when the object sought is the redressing of social wrongs. God will see justice done if the human instruments of his justice 
Do not give way to weariness, impatience, or discouragement, but persevere in prayer and labor for the improvement of world conditions. Here we can learn from the scientist. Medical research is a prayer for the relief of suffering, the abolition of disease, the conservation of life, a prayer in which the scientist perseveres in the face of whatever odds, whatever darkness, whatever delay. More especially, we can learn from the great religious leaders like Luther and Wesley and Wilberforce and Shaftesbury, who year upon year prayed and fought for the causes to which they dedicated their lives. The need for persistence in prayer arises not only from the intransigence of the oppressor, but also from the immaturity and imperfection of the would-be reformer. We have a lot to learn and much in ourselves to overcome before we can be used of God as instruments of his justice. Recognizing this, Gandhi spent hours each day in prayer and meditation and maintained a weekly day of silence. The importunate widow continues, simply continues, and by her continuation comes to personify the divine. All this behind the humble door of Nazareth Town Court. And meanwhile, jogging along on a village green, the sun is getting higher as noon approaches. It is time to head back out toward the car garage and pay the piper. I have been running in such a sweet reverie, a happy retrospective, that the hour has come too fast. I have been thinking all morning of my old teacher. Now the school is a block away. She must be in her mid-80s now. I wonder if she is still active. I remember how it felt to walk to school at age 12, excited for the start of every day, arriving 20 minutes early, entering the school that marked the portal to the future. What a persistent presence in so many lives she was. Behind the school, there is a large parking lot and a long park. The park sometimes is used for family reunions. Almost choosing otherwise, I decide to run out to the back to see the park. You know, it's been a long run, and I am tired. It's been a long run in the ministry. It's been a long run in the church. It's been a long run in the denomination. It's been a long run in academia. And I'm feeling the burning in the calves some ache in breathing, and it is hot. Where do we find the persistence that keeps us going through adversity so that we do not lose heart? Do we not find it? Is it not given to us in prayer? Is this not our source of sustaining grace? How shall we have any lasting life without prayer? without worship and study and tithing and service and song and fellowship and loving conversation. Do you ever have a feeling that something is going to happen and then it does, a kind of premonition? I turned down into the back lot, empty for summer vacation, and saw just one lone car. 
It was hot and I was sweating, so I could not see too clearly for a time. And there was a kind of haze in the hot air. I saw the car move and stop, move and stop, two women in the front seat. I slowed, the car paused, I paused, the car waited. I looked, and then I looked again, and there in the rider's seat, to my utter astonished amazement, sat Mrs. Marjorie Schaefer, as old as she could be, teaching, still teaching, using her voice and her time that summer morning, teaching her granddaughter to drive in a deserted school parking lot. I had not seen her for so many years. Hello, Mrs. Schaefer, I said. Hello, Bobby, she bemusedly replied. It's nice to see you. You know, sometimes you just need to keep running one more block. Sometimes with a little persistence, just a little more running, just one more street, and life will open up. Keep going, just one more block, don't stop. Don't stop for quitting, for anything, for giving up, for leaving. Just keep running headlong into presence. In thy presence, there is fullness of joy. After conversation, I ran on to get my car, confident that at least one summer sermon illustration had been offered on a hot day in a long run in a little village. Beloved, near and far, hear the gospel of two persistent women, scripture and life, a first century plaintiff and a 20th century teacher who both say to us, pray always, labor omnia winket, do not lose heart, work conquers all, pray always, all of us are better when we're loved, do not lose heart, early to bed and early to rise, pray always, a stitch in time saves nine, do not lose heart, waste not, want not, pray always, Rome was not built in a day, do not lose heart, only the devil has no time to let things grow, pray always, God is time and voice, do not lose heart. Amen.
As we prepare our hearts for prayer, you are welcome to follow your custom and stand, remain seated, or come to the altar rail to kneel. Now let us sing together the hymn found on page 473, Lead Me, Lord. your holy name for you are our glory and strength your love stands firm forever we pray to give you honor and praise thank you for the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus our Lord we know that we haven't earned eternal life and we know we can't buy our way into life everlasting it is a free gift given by you we pray to give you thanks gracious God we confess that we have not followed Christ's example. Instead of thoughtful words of encouragement, we criticize. We express disdain rather than kindness and compassion towards each other. We have not forgiven one another as Christ God forgave us. We pray to ask forgiveness, merciful God. We pray for renewal, Holy Spirit. We struggle to find direction in our lives. We hunger and thirst for spiritual nourishment that only you can provide. As we faithfully study your word, we patiently listen for your still, small voice. We pray for guidance and discernment, loving Father. We ask that you lead and guide those in position of authority in our church, our places of employment, our schools and government. Comfort the sick, those in mourning, the unemployed and the homeless. Abide with those in military service. Guard and guide them as they perform their duties. We pray for your presence, comforting Father. We worry about the next mortgage payment or rent payment, the dynamics at the next family get-together, the results of the last medical test, or some other real or imagined issues. We struggle to balance work and family. We struggle to find work to feed our families. Lord, we bring forth our anxieties and worries and total trust in you, for we know that your peace transcends all understanding. We pray for your peace, sustainer God. Lord, you taught us to pray and told us to pray persistently so that we will hear and answer and recognize your voice when you answer. We offer our prayers in the name of our salvation, Jesus Christ. 
and we pray as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning. Welcome to Marsh Chapel. The first thing I'd like to direct your attention to are the red pads, which can be found along the center aisle at the end of each pew. If you just take a few moments to fill those out so that we at Marsh Chapel can get to know you and so that you can also get to know the names of those seated next to you, that would be wonderful. Many of the Marsh Chapter families with children and other families in our radio congregation might be interested in our 2011 plans for Vacation Bible School, otherwise known to parents as Vacation Survival School. Our one-day Vacation Bible School session for children 16 and under is now tentatively scheduled for August 7th, 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. here at Marsh Chapel following worship. Lunch will be provided. And if you're interested in helping with lunch, please contact Ray Bouchard. Our music this year highlights African-American spirituals, including two local favorites, Oh Won't You Sit Down and Swing Low Sweet Chariot. If you're interested in helping with music this year, please contact Jan Hill. Prizes will be awarded this year to children who can recite from memory 
Psalm 23, or Psalm 100. Adults can memorize these too, but you guys won't get a prize. <laughs> if you're interested in helping with Bible study, please contact Dean Hill. Finally, you may register your children for Vacation Bible School by calling or emailing me, Elizabeth Fonby Hall. For the contact information of Marsh Chapel staff, please look to our website, which is www.bu.edu chapel, where there's also the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
You who are the source of all life, we offer back to you these our gifts of money, symbol of our time, resources, life energy, and devotion. Bless and multiply them, we pray, that they may continue your work of love and justice in this world. In the name and mission of Jesus Christ, and in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you, the blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 